Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And today we're going to show you how to make a great spinach souffle, too. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Uh, it's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production, a very special guest out of New York City today as the president and CEO of the New York City Marketing Development uh, Corporation. His name is Joe Perillo. And uh, we know it's Joe as opposed to Joseph. You know, close friends call him Joe. So a lot of cool stuff going on at that website as well. Uh, and we'll tell you where to go in just a little while for that. But uh, Joe's part of the show today. As always, we've got Patrick Meyer, our marketing insider, out of New York as well. Design innovation is what uh, Patrick is talking about today. Joe Jaffe, who we believe is from somewhere in West Virginia, is going to be talking about consumer-generated content and something that Chevy uh, did recently and something that Chevy did right as well. So that's Joe. Uh, next hour, uh, Jeffrey Gittimer talks about The Sixth Sense. And no, this is not about the movie. Hmm. It's uh, about sales. Andy Borowitz, too, as well. Did you know that Joe Biden has a great milkshake? <laughs> no. Well, Senator. you do now. Yes, he oh. does. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. And uh, let's see, the wacky, wacky world of marketing, uh, we've got... Uh, Ronald McReagan, and that's all I'm going to say for this time. A little bit later on this hour, it's our advertising showcase as well. So looking forward to uh, to talking with Joe, and uh, that'll be good. What's going on with you? Well, you know, we were off the air just before going uh, live here on the show. We were talking about The View, and it turns out that ABC's The View is uh, uh, maybe having some issues with uh, Star Jones and uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Have you been hearing about this, Ray? Yeah, I have, as a matter of fact. I heard about it this morning, this morning as well. Yeah. yeah, earlier this week, the speculation coming out of uh, New York, in particular the New York Post, uh, page 6, uh, is that, uh, again, this is a rumor, but, you know, we like to perpetuate rumor here on the advertising show. Absolutely. Insiders, Yeah, insiders say that Jones' departure... Uh, if it happens, uh, was something that O'Donnell required before consenting to uh, joining the show. And uh, if Jones' uh, rumored departure uh, proves out to be true, the uh, Post is suggesting that Gail King, you may recall Gail, the best buddy of uh, Oprah Winfrey, will replace oh, really? Jones. Okay. Yeah, you, you, remember, you know what's funny is uh, obviously you and I are not home during the day to watch daytime television, but staying on top of it and checking it out from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, TiVoing a few things here and there just to stay in touch. Uh, right. Apparently, Gail, Gail King was uh, doing some Oprah Winfrey for for many uh, for off and on, I guess. And of course, she had her own show that was produced by. Uh, Harpo Productions that failed miserably, but uh, you know you got to hand it to Oprah. She was trying to help out her buddy uh, Gail, and if she ends up with uh, ends up on the view on the view replacing uh, Star Jones, then uh, good for her. Congratulations, Star Jones apparently is a handful, <laughs> and, and Rosie is not. I mean, come on, this will be an interesting, uh, interesting. Uh, I just don't get that. Uh, Hiring her to replace uh, Vieira, I, I just don't get that. But you know, yeah, I, they don't pay me to get it, so somebody else will get it. Yeah, there was, that was another department. You missed that meeting, and uh, they said, "Hey, one what Brad thinks." And I said, eh, "I don't know." Yeah, right. Hey, uh, when you buy your nuts and bolts at Home Depot, 
Nowadays, these are the same nuts and bolts that are being used by the Six Flags amusement park. So apparently, uh, Six Flags and Home Depot are getting together to form an alliance, a hmm. uh, supply marketing sponsorship alliance that makes a Home Depot the sole supplier of materials to build and maintain the amusement parks for Six Flags. That's a lot of stuff. Well, uh, lawsuit, lawsuit. Why? Well, you get stuck on the elevator. You have two people to sue now. You get Six Flags and Home Depot. I see. Because the bolts and nuts problem, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. It yeah. says under terms of the deal, uh, the Home Depot supply unit will provide commercial improvement, building supply, construction, repair, maintenance products to the second largest amusement park company in the world. That's well, I don't know, huge. Ray. It's a product placement. I mean, it's a tie-in, but I mean, I don't get it, frankly. Do you? I mean, so you know, so you showcase your. Your uh, nuts and bolts through yeah, uh, kind Six of a Flags. Weird alliance, right? It is weird. Right. You know what are you going to do? Go enjoy yourself at Six Flags and go. You know something? I've got a screen door to fix at home. Yeah, and I'm thinking Home Depot. Maybe they should have thought of Band Aid or something like that. A P and G product would have been good. You know, yeah, fall I don't off know. Where I do you get a Band Aid? That's it. But you know, you reported several weeks ago that, uh, uh, or I did. I don't remember which. Where I listen to you so closely. Sometimes I think it's my stuff. Uh, but uh, Six Flags was, has been uh, going through some uh, difficulties yeah, the last few problems, years. Yeah. yeah, and they had an agency uh, switch uh, about a year ago, and. and uh, after a long time uh, with the agency, I think it was donor out of uh, Michigan. But uh, really? anyway, they're struggling, and uh, I don't know. I think people are finding more things or, or other things to do with their time. And some of the parks have cut their prices as well. Hey, we got to check in with uh, Patrick Meyer here on the uh, uh, the advertising show. It's uh, the Marketing Insider. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about a hot topic, design. But it's a different form of design. I'm going to talk to you about design innovation, combining innovation and design together to help drive your business. I'm not talking about package design. I'm talking about design totally across a brand and its business. Design innovation is about design where the consumer is feeling your brand. Something as simple as a toaster. If you can have one that's sexier and more fun, then you want that. So design can be everywhere. Two examples. One is Target. They've built their whole business on design. And the same thing with Apple. For anything from an iPod to a computer, the packaging itself you want to keep. So if you want design innovation as an advantage for you and your brand and your client, here's a simple and fun exercise. Get a bunch of smart people in a room, including some designers. First thing, map out where your consumer is touched. Where do they see your brand? Where could you possibly touch them in a different way? Second, write a number of words. Aspiration, innovation, the words that stand for your brand... And then lastly, surprise and delight. So get people to think that that's what you want to deliver. Third, systematically identify different ways to touch the consumer across all these touch points. New forms of design that are possible, new copy. What would make people scream with delight? Fourth, start talking about outrageous ideas that no one would ever possibly do. Then lastly, set your creative resources. Send them away, say go wild, but come back with ideas as long as you link back the brand's personality in these keywords, aspiration, innovation, surprise and delight. That, my friends, is a way to gain an advantage and drive your business forward. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. I was talking about touching consumers and, and getting them very excited. I, I'm, you know, 
kind of lost my train of thought there. Arrested for that, can't you? Well, I think in some states, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Not in New York, though. Joe is taking care of that for us, you see. Joseph Perillo is the CMO of uh, New York City, and uh, we will uh, have him uh, on the air here for a couple of segments this hour and then have him back next hour as as well. A lot of cool stuff is going on. They did a deal with uh, the History Channel. Uh, Snapple. I'm sure there's Snapple in Joe's fridge. I hope there is at least. Uh, <laughs> Virgin Atlantic, uh, Virgin Airlines has basically uh, recently decided to locate its U.S. headquarters in NYC and so on and so forth. And the Country Music Awards, remember that back in November of oh, yeah. So, Joe will be with us here in just a moment on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, TheAdvertisingShow.com, a great uh, site to go to as well, probably there already. It's uh, powered by a company called Shipple.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And uh, Shipple is a web marketing company. One thing you need to take a look at specifically at Shipple.com is Tendency, which is a really, really cool platform. Uh, maybe we'll make a recommendation for Joe on that one as well. Who knows? Back in just a minute with more on The Advertising Show with Ray Shellens and Brad Forsyth. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Uh-oh, here comes trouble. I hate her. Yeah, but do you think she's happy? With those looks? Eh, probably not. <gasps> it's worse than I thought. Hey, what's that she's She's drinking, drinking a Diet 7-Up. It's worse than they thought, Brad. How about that? Mm. And uh, diet drinks have come a long way, so have uh, everything else uh, since that commercial was out. It's Ray Shellen's Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Our special guest is Joe Perello, who is a CMO of New York City. That's a big title. Joe and his team developed New York uh, new types of public and private partnerships that use New York City's vast set of resources, its powerful image, uh, to generate revenue, support city agencies, and promote New York around the world. Uh, prior to joining the city, Joe uh, co-founded the marketing agency Perello & Company, which specialized in sports consulting, uh, team and league marketing services, sponsor measurement and development. Earlier, he served as a VP of business development for the Yankees, as you said before. Previously, he also served as an executive with uh, David Bowie's internet firm Ultrastar and uh, also spent 10 years uh, with the Affinity Credit Card issuer MBNA America. Joe, uh, you must be at least about uh, 102 years old to have done <laughs> yeah. all that. So, hey, welcome right. to the advertising show. Good to have you here. Thank you very much. Sometimes I feel 102. Yeah, I bet well, you do. <laughs> yeah, and especially that we can get this out of the way real quickly, uh, especially now, I guess. We need to get this out of the way. Joe, it was announced just about a week ago, Ray, that uh, uh, Joe will be exiting his post of CMO in New York City after three years as CMO of New York City, New York City Marketing, I might add, uh, and no replacement has been named, according to the mayor. Because and, nobody you know, can fill Joe's shoes. That was my thinking. Yeah. yeah but, I don't think so. I what, are you going to be CMO of the world or something like that next year? Yeah. America. I think uh, America would be good. Yeah. Keith Reinhardt is the CMO of the United States. I yes. thought Donald Trump was. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so well, I'm you know, and about what we did uh, the past three years and uh, fulfilled my commitment to the mayor, and I'm I'm heading back to the private sector, as they say. Well, and we're going to talk about some of your accomplishments, and they were unusual and unique. Let's get this one rumor out of the way. It's suggested, and, you know, we want to give you a platform to respond to this. Are you talking about the affair he's having with Star Jones? Well, that, that'll that come later in that the show. That'll come later, okay. That'll be we'll next hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has to do with his affair with David Bowie. No, no, this has to do with, uh, with Snapple, which uh, they say 
that the reason why Joe's uh, exiting his post has to do with this uh, controversy that was created over uh, snap hole juices and waters and city-owned channels that uh, paid off less than expected. And, you know, a lot of people can take shots at Joe, but who but the advertising show gives him an opportunity to respond. Nobody. So what is it, Nobody. Joe? Well, I appreciate that, and that, certainly that's not the case whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I think the mayor summed it up very well when he said last week, that we need to be, the city of New York needs to be finding people who are willing to try new things and take on risk. And, you know, if you remember the Snapple deal, it was two deals. It was, one was about nutrition and sports, and we, we took out the carbonated soft drinks in the school, which we got a lot of heat for. I don't know why we did, but just last week, President Clinton did the same agreement with the American Beverage Association uh, two years after we had done that with the city of New York and was largely lauded. And now, obviously, I think uh, you get a lot of juice when you get President Clinton behind something, but it shows um, the, the thinking, the good thinking behind the Snapple deal in the schools, and that deal is a, is a, is a big success. The second part of the deal, what we tried to do is extend the, the formula of vending from schools into the city. And that part didn't work as well. And, you know, like the mayor said last week, you know, if we're, if we're not failing, then we're not trying enough things. If, we're, if everything's working perfectly, then uh, we haven't really pushed the envelope, and we need to find more people that are willing to take smart risks. And remember, now we're making money on this agreement, and instead of making around 66, we're probably going to make around 33. And uh, I think everyone will take 33 over nothing. So yeah, no kidding. And that's, I'm of course, very proud of the agreement, and I'm very proud of what it's done in the schools, and uh, the administration is too. Yeah, and 33—that's a million, I assume. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, how can anybody find fault with replacing uh, sugar water uh, soda uh, with uh, something better? I don't, I don't well, understand. You guys it. know this just as well as I do. I mean, there's a lot of organizations out there that are. Um, you know that are, that have agendas, and it's their job to raise issues. It's, sure. You know, it's a, there's a job to raise raise the issue of skin cancer awareness, mm -hmm. or raise the issue of um, different kinds of bacteria. I mean, the pharmaceutical industry does it too. But this was really started in the beverage industry to really to really get, uh, get information out there about sugar, mm -hmm. and. Uh, we took the, the sugar water out, so to speak, and we put 100% juice and water in. But, you know, I think people are just going to write what they want to write. I think page six is a good example of that, like you mentioned before. Right. Yeah. They have their reason, and they're, and that's what they do, and, and that's fine. Let's talk a little bit about your position. Uh, you were the first to fill the shoes of this marketing position for New York City. Uh, curious, uh, how did it come about? Well, why the need now? Um, I think it's, well, I, I can say... It's definitely a function of two people. Uh, Mayor Mike Bloomberg, who you know founded Bloomberg LP, which is a, a billion-dollar media and financial services company, and uh, Dan Doctoroff, who is the deputy mayor for economic development, who before that was an investment banker and uh, made a living out of choosing the right businesses to be in. It was really their vision to say, you know, we need to centralize marketing in the city because New York City is so powerful. It's an icon. It's a cultural icon. And there are t 
two things that we can do. We can, A, make money, and B, we can help promote New York City around the world. And that was essentially the mission that they gave me and the charge that they gave me is, A, we're not really going to give you any money, so don't think you're going to have this big budget to spend. (laughs) And B, you need to help figure out how to promote New York City. And I sat back, and after agreeing to do this, um, I sat back and really envisioned a league, a sports league, that has a powerful brand that leverages that brand through sponsorship, through licensing, through events, and through rights. And instead of having a sort of a broadcast platform that the NFL has or Major League Baseball has or a, or a, or a baseball team has, what we had was a physical landscape, um, the physical mess of New York City, which coincided with a big fragmentation of electronic media about three or four years, three years ago. And at that, during that time, we saw how experiences were ma- mattered more and how events really mattered more because, and how outdoor media mattered more and is, is, not, is still growing. And we realized that we have, although we can't reach 60 million people at a clip like you can with the Super Bowl, okay, you can do things that are, that are more meaningful and that have longer legs and, lo- and longer lives, and, and you do things that can impact people in a very emotional way. And, and certainly New York City is a very emotional brand, and people care about it for so many different reasons that we thought we could really accomplish three things. We could make money, we could promote New York City, and if we could help make New York City a better place to live, work, and visit. And that's really been our, our mission, and that's what we've accomplished in the last three years. That's a great way to uh, wrap up this segment here on the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsyth and our special guest, Joe Perillo, CMO, New York City. Uh, the uh, website, by the way, is nyc.gov uh, slash marketing. Okay, so back in just a moment with more. We've got uh, Jeffrey Gittimer coming up next right now. I hope you stay with us with The Sixth Sense on the Advertising Show. It's right here. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. If you've ever heard somebody say, boy, that guy's just naturally funny, he's probably also an extremely intelligent human being. If you ever learn a foreign language, the very last thing you do is learn the humor. The hardest thing to do in any foreign language is make a joke. Humor is the most difficult of nuances to master, but when you do, you have the basis for solid intellectual rapport and solid intellectual engagement. Now, note well, not every prospect requires or desires humor. You can tell who they are right away. They're the ones that never laugh at anything. The best thing to do when this scenario occurs is Eliminate humor from your sales presentation and pray the guy is not a price buyer. In my experience, though, he probably is. People who just want to get down to brass tacks are usually people who just want to get down to brass prices. 
quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Dippity-doo. Dippity-doo. For setting your hair. Dippity-doo. Rollers. On The Advertising Show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, our special guest is Joe Dippity-doo, Joe Perello. Right. Uh, CMO, and I'm just kidding. CMO New York City, Joe, thanks for taking up uh, part of your weekend to be with us here on The Advertising Show. Welcome back. My pleasure. Yeah, uh, Joe, you talked about uh, really what I thought was a brilliant uh, way of looking at your at your job as CMO of New York City, and that kind of taking a chapter out of your background as uh, a new biz dev, dev guy for uh, New York Yankees and really looking at it as a property. And you were talking a little bit about the brand, and uh, I, w- I want to talk of uh, New York uh, as a brand and, and, and drill down a little bit on a few questions. Uh, you know, you talked about the brand experience is the way I interpreted uh, people coming to New York and, and uh, what, what they do once they get there. Uh, but I'm curious, if we understand New York City as the brand, what would New York City's brand promise be? Well, what if brand, well let's see, from, from a visitor's point of view, yeah. okay, the brand promise is um, <clears throat> probably quite simply and unemotionally beyond your expectations. Uh, but it depends on where you are, or it could be not what you think. Or it could be, um, you know, up all night. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the greatest art on the planet. Or it could be um, just walk down the street and feel cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the thing about trying to capture the brand promise of New York City, the way we do um, commercial products is not, I wouldn't say it's a silly exercise. But it's not one that we engaged in because we felt we would sell the city short. Now, there, there is a city that I thought has done it very well, and, and that's Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. I think the brand promise for, for Vegas is their tagline, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But right. I think Vegas cares about one thing, and that's sin. And the New York, New York City the idea of New York City is, and I don't want this to sound arrogant in any way, but uh, it's much, much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much more compelling than sin, and I think it's, it's, it's working great for Vegas um, as far as visitors go. And they can live on that. But for New York City to live, we couldn't live on, on sin alone. Uh, I think we have you know, a decent offering uh, in that space, but nothing compared to what Vegas has, uh, but New York City is much different. I think I think what's uh, 
I think what's compelling about New York City is that it means so many different things to so many different people on a very deep sense. Yeah, let me pick up, let me pick up on that, Joe. You know, New York City is, is, has always been associated with various phrases and symbols. <clears throat> Excuse me, New York uh, City, of course, the Liberty uh, Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building, mm-hmm. and phrases with you know associated such as the Big Apple or if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. So, how does a, a you know an individual like yourself in your department go about? Uh, deciding on a brand strategy with so many options and variations the the brand New York City has already? Well, we spent a lot of time studying it, <clears throat> and there's and we've spent a lot of time speaking to people who studied it. The, the, the best insights that we got, let me just back up for one second. We, we decided to focus on three things, or three constituents. Business leaders who need to grow their business in New York City or bring their business in New York City. That's a very important part of our economy. Obviously, there's 3.5 million jobs. If we can get um, every business leader to understand that it doesn't cost more in New York City to do business if you look at it from a holistic point of view because you get what you pay for, um, then that's important for us. Number two is visitors, obviously, for obvious reasons. And then number three are what I, what I call talent or dreamers, and that's the Chinese composer or the Italian uh, carpenter mm-hmm. or uh, the, you know, the Polish programmer, is we always have to make sure that New York City is, number, is a number one or two choice to, quote-unquote, make it. Mm-hmm. So, so would, that la- would that last category, Joe, be m- more of like an aspiration market, if you will? That they aspire to come to New York, yes. to live there, to work Absolutely. there? They yeah, aspire absolutely. to come there because they have the resources there to, to fulfill that, right? I, I think I think each one. I mean, there's there's an aspirational there's an aspirational pitch in every one of those. I mean, you know, it's better to make it. I think it's more glorious to make it in New York City than to do so in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's more exciting mm-hmm. to see a Broadway show on Broadway than to see the same show in Toronto. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Toronto. Um, and I think it's much more rewarding as an individual to make it in New York City than to make it in in Iowa uh, City. Beijing. <laughs> um, although I would say Beijing and Shanghai and Hong Kong are nipping at our heels. And, and yeah. I think if we don't continue to market New York City as a place where anyone can come to achieve their dream, that we're not going to have a monopoly on that. Look at all the great look at all the great stuff you've got going as far as the Letterman, uh, you know, the Ed Sullivan Theater, and you've got uh, you know even even CNN has moved from uh, Atlanta to New York to run their mornings uh, uh, show. I mean, you got so many great things. I think it was interesting what you said before about the fact that you thought Vegas had kind of a leg up on you. I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, I, I I don't think of Vegas. Why do they do for sin? I mean, I think they own it. And you'll give them that, That's fine. That's fine. I think they do. From a, no, from a, from a global city point of view, mm-hmm. I, I think our, our competition is London, Paris, Shanghai and Sydney. Yeah, mm-hmm. I tend to agree with that. That's good. And, and, you know, it's interesting. That you say, I think the, the beauty of the Las Vegas campaign is that they get so much free publicity. Comedians use that, sly, uh, that slogan, and we all know it. And they've done a great job with that. And we'll talk about the Yankees next hour oh, and your job with uh, as new business development the for the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Back in yeah. just a minute with more on the advertising show. Stay with us.
Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. This is The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Our special guest, Joe Perillo, will be back with us uh, next hour for a couple of segments. Joe's got a lot of great stuff to, uh, to say about uh, yeah. what he's accomplished, and it's well-deserved as well. He is the CMO of New York City, and uh, so we'll talk with Joe here in uh, just a little while. Just ahead as well, our advertising showcase, too. So that, that's coming up uh, later on this hour with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Theadvertisingshow.com, it's an incredible site, um, and it is... Uh, Got a whole bunch of stuff up there as far as uh, the the uh, the RSS, the podcast as well, uh, and uh, a lot of marketing news and so on and so forth. So go check it out if you're not there already. It's theadvertisingshow.com. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to mention, Ray, the, uh, we're in the process of going all the way back to the beginning of our launch back in uh, – what was it? Uh, 01. 01 right. October 01, yeah. yeah. And we were a local show only at that time out of uh, Houston, working with uh, or broadcasting through the, uh, at that time, known as Infinity, now CBS, mm-hmm. uh, uh, radio station there. And so we're going back and editing all of our original shows from, uh, uh, let's see, late 01 and 02. And we're going to have those archived along with the uh, re- remaining uh, three three years. So you're going to have four and a half years worth of uh, programs to uh, tap into a library of great guests and uh, great listening. So yeah, it's check been, it out. It's been a lot of good stuff over the years as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Theadvertisingshow.com. And you and I sound a lot younger back in 0102. Well, we were, actually. If you look at the picture, it's like, hey, I, I didn't have much gray hair back then. And your voice wasn't so low. I know. In an effort to, uh, uh, this is, uh, there's no doubt that the gas prices are out of whack, out of control. You've got in every city in the country some moron station charging way too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the auto auto industry is trying to kind of win over Congress. There's a trade group planning on... uh, uh, doing some ads on some new fuels, starting a multi-million dollar advertising campaign, promoting automobiles that use alternative fuels, such as corn. Got to have that corn. Ethanol. They have that corn in yeah. uh, West Virginia that make moonshine out of but we want to make, uh, you know, whatever it's called. And it makes your uh, horn honk with an accent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they test your, your car for DUI. The yeah. campaign is aimed at Washington policymakers. They're a multi-million dollar advertising campaign aimed at Washington policymakers? Wouldn't they just want to pay them off? I don't know. Wouldn't it be easier? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, automakers from the U.S., Japan, and Europe, including Ford, GM, Toyota, Daimler, Chrysler, Mazda, BMW, among the companies behind the campaign effort, intended to fend off criticism from Congress that the industry has done little to improve fuel economy amid rising oil prices. I don't think that's true, necessarily so. I think that they've done a pretty doggone good job of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, jacking up the MPG and, and making sure these vehicles are uh, a little bit better. I, I saw something this past week about diesel fuel. If you've ever been behind a vehicle that uses diesel fuel, usually they're, yeah, they're, they're empty buses here in our home market of Houston, probably in yours too, uh, big trucks and all that kind of stuff. And they're trying to say, what they're saying is that, that there's new implementation on that uh, emission, uh, that it will be like 98% cleaner really? than it is right now. And that's a nice, uh, that's a nice thing too. You know, you know have, you, the, have the roof down and you get a big belch of black smoke boy. in your car. It's like, oh, yeah. this is pleasant. 
Right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting you, you say that about the, uh, the roaring, raging, rising, hello, gas prices. The, uh, I was watching, uh, morning program, uh, what was it, the Today Show, and I decided to flip over it because they had a, a little special series called Today at the Pump. Oh, yeah. On, the, on right. the Today Show. So I flip over to CBS real quick. And I mean, just right there. This is CBS this morning running on empty. I mean, so they had their uh, feature. Oh. I mean, it was going right at the same exact time. So I thought, well, why don't I flip over to ABC and see what they're doing, thinking maybe they may have the same exact thing going. But, you know, it's funny. They, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, I've never seen the media hype on this so much. And, I mean, do we need to be reminded this? I think anybody that fills up a, a tank and who doesn't drive a car and fill up a tank knows that the prices are, are high. And if, if profits, this is what I haven't been able to figure out, Ray, if profits at the oil companies are record setting right and our prices are what they are yeah. outrageous right isn't there a connection here on who's marking up what how much i mean this is not rocket science well you would think that and you and everybody else would think that as well but apparently the oil companies don't believe that to be true and they've uh, been on on the, in the media uh, discounting that but no, how, no, it's all about yeah people. right but but yet they're making ro- record uh, profits where are they getting their record record profits from who knows uh, yeah i don't think that we'll ever get the uh, uh, the complete answer on that the thing that irritates me most okay we got to play more for the gas but I have a problem with some of these stations that are just like a dime above everybody else. It's like, what are you guys doing? Uh, they know they, a lot of people don't even bother checking. They just fill it up. They don't compare. How sad and stupid is that? Yeah. Yeah, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, no problem. We have uh, more with the advertising shows, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and we have uh, the advertising showcase on the way in just a minute. If you'll stay here, you'll hear it. And we hope you do. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around these days. You know, I always love that jingle uh, and that commercial as well. Mm-hmm. It's Rachel and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Back with uh, the CMO of NYC, uh, Joe Perillo, is with us uh, next hour as well. Uh, every week we look at the upside and the downside of advertising to give you a better gauge of what you might be doing right or wrong. And uh, this week we've got some good news for you. And now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. Okay, you got stuff there. It looks good. What do you got? Mm, well, I've been holding on to this for a month now, only because it's such an outstanding uh, to smell. Dude. Yeah, no, it's still white. It's a full page ad of the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, back in April. Uh, I, I saw this, and Ray, uh, just look over here. I mean, it's a great, great looking ad, and uh, and I n- normally don't bother reading the whole thing, but this is a very simple ad, and I'm going to make that point again. Full page ad. Uh, by reading the ad, but think of this. Uh, here's the headline. Why is the world's number one selling brand of chainsaw not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? Now, that's the headline. Oh, really? Okay. Now, now at that point, if you're like me and mm-hmm. most people, you want to know the answer to that question. I sure do. 
And and you look down below, and you have a very beautiful-looking uh, chainsaw, as chainsaws go. But it's well-built, and you can tell by looking at it. And it's a style brand. That's S-T-I-H-L, style brand. Uh, and the answer to this, so you have the visual of the, of the uh, chainsaw right there, and below that you have this copy, and it basically says this. Uh, we can give you 8,000 reasons, our legion of independent-style dealers nationwide. We count on them every day, and so can you, and it goes on and on, and then it ends by way of saying, uh, and they stand behind every product they carry, always fully assembled. You see, we won't sell you a chainsaw in a box, not even a big one, meaning uh, a box store, like, like Lowe's. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then it offers a, uh, a website, go to uh, learn-y.com or call 800-GO-STYLE. Well, I went to the website, first of all, outstanding. Ad very simple, a lot of white space, a nice color uh, picture of the uh, chainsaw itself, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, why a chainsaw being promoted in the Wall Street Journal if you're going after an upscale uh, uh, homeowner? This is where you reach them, and obviously, I would think you don't have to be uh, knowledgeable about chainsaws to know from looking at this ad and looking right. at the visual and reading the ad. This has got to be the Mercedes Benz or the BMW of. of uh, of chainsaws. So I, I went to uh, learn-y.com, and there you have Flash. I'm not a big fan of Flash, but you have this Flash open, and it basically says 10 reasons to pick a servicing dealer, and then style logo above that, servicing dealer being the key, and it goes through uh, basically uh, uh, 3, 4, and then ends with 8, 9, and 10, and shifts through three different visuals to get to all 10. Uh, and, you know, things like we maintain uh, stock par- uh, stocked parts department. We offer a full line of protective apparel. You can speak to the owner, meaning the owner of the particular facility where you're buying it. And then underneath that, it had three bars. Click on your favorite uh, – I'm sorry, click here to find your nearest style dealer. Click here to see the competition. And if you bought a style from a servicing dealer, we'd love to hear from you. Click here. And, you know, it's a very well well done uh, website. A microsite, obviously, that ties in with this uh, newspaper. And then they also have a uh, an event um, uh, bar, if you will, and you click onto the event bar, and it shows where they're having various uh, uh, style uh, chainsaw and power tool type events that they're tied into, special events. So, uh, And there are events such as the Collegiate Series, the Cabela National Team Championship, and uh, various other things here. So... It's a very well done site. You know, sometimes you see a great ad ray, mm-hmm. and then they fall down on some of these other elements yeah, that are supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this case, not only is it an outstanding, uh, well designed ad that I think is placed in the proper, uh, proper publication, being Wall Street Journal, which is unusual to see a, a chainsaw and uh, yeah, okay. ad in, in the Wall Street Journal. But there it was, and uh, and then the uh, website, the microsite, was uh, very well done as well. So. Crazy as it may sound, our associate producer, Stephanie Saratelli, tells me this was an ad that was created by DDB Paris. DDB Paris. DDB Paris. So apparently uh, uh, the DDB office all the way out in Paris. I don't know why they couldn't have. uh, That's Paris, Texas, Brad. No, DDB yeah. Paris Tech. <laughs> yeah. But uh, congratulations to both uh, uh, Style as well as uh, DDB Paris. How about that, a chainsaw? Yeah. And I wonder when they will be available in the big box stores. 
Well, they claim they won't be, and they've found a differentiator, and I think they've uh, hmm. done a great job in conveying that through this ad. But if they're smart, they know they never will be, and they're claiming that they can't be because they want the personalized service. Okay. Well, that's that's smart, I guess. It's a good idea. There's lawn, there's lawn equipment that's uh, sold that way as well. Um, you, you won't find it at the big stores like that, the Home Depots and the Lowe's. Well, uh, what do you think? I mean, do you? I, I, you know, I'm all for saving money when I can do it, and I don't need the help. But if you need some help buying something, I'm not going to go to a big box store. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be taking uh, a chance on buying the right thing, and you don't get help. You know, you don't, you can't find help, and it's just, you know, it's a struggle. No, you, they, no, there are some people there who are legitimately good resources for information, but for the most part. Uh, hitting those stores is like hitting the slots, okay? Well, and not only that, you've you got to find these you know. people. you got to find them. I mean, you walk around and they're not readily, you know, available. And I'm not talking across the board and generalizing. I'm just, I mean, I am. I'm generalizing. I'm not talking about anything, any one store, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever. I'm just saying my experience has been, you know, when you need some help, they're not there. And then when you finally get someone, it's kind of like a, you know, young kid, you know, picking his right. nose and going, I'm going to go out at lunch and smoke another joint. Oh, I don't think they're allowed to do that. <laughs> well, they're but, not. But, you know, it's funny. I, here in uh, the Houston market, especially here in our, uh, the suburbs, uh, there is a store, uh, both Lowe's and Home Depot, and I know where these guys are. And ladies, I should say. Who you know mean the, the answers? Uh, people, which the is helpers? Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In other words, they stay around long enough where you can actually find uh, oh, I see. You some reliable them. information. And I yeah. actually watch some of these guys move around from di- to different stores as well. But you know the ones to find. Every, but I think every store has its handful of people who really do give a darn and uh, know what they're talking about, which is good. Yeah. Which is yep. great. And they won't sell you one of those chainsaws because they don't have them there. Yeah. That's true. We've got uh, more with Joe Perillo, who uh, probably would like to buy a chainsaw. I don't know. Joe Perillo is CMO of New York City, and we'll be back uh, with Joe uh, next hour on the Advertising Show, along with uh, Joe Jaffe and uh, Andy Borowitz as well, and uh, the wacky world of marketing where it's Ronald McReagan time. Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hour number two of The Advertising Show, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. And we've got uh, Joe Perillo back with us this hour. He's the CMO of New York City. And uh, go to the website. It's really cool. A lot of things going on uh, at that website. It's nyc.gov slash marketing. See, it really should just be ilovenewyork.com. Sure. But it's a government thing. That's a porno site. No, that's whitehouse.com. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> we found that out, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, Joe Jaffe, a different perspective. This is going to talk about uh, what Chevy did, some good things about consumer-generated content uh, for some advertising as well. Andy Borowitz, Joe Biden, and Milkshakes will be later on this hour. Hmm. And Ronald McReagan as well. So there we go. Well, you know, by the way, I want to thank uh, Orion uh, Sentner, Sentner, Orion Sentner, who's the coordinator out of the uh, city of New York that sent 
this very nice-looking uh, brochure on the uh, New York City Marketing Progress Report. And i got to tell you, it's very well done. And we have our guest today, Joe, who's written. He didn't write it, but of course, well, I mean, he did write it, but it's typed up here. And they've got his little uh, f- four or five paragraphs. And we look forward to making a significant and ongoing contribution to New York City in the years and decades ahead. Joseph M. Perello. President NYC Marketing, as you introduced him in the beginning of the hour, last hour, as well as Chief Marketing Officer, City of New York. Probably his last uh, public appearance, my guess is, Ray, mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, CMO of New York City, at least uh, on a uh, broadcast, I would imagine. He may stand out on the steps of City Hall and speak. try to panhandle or something. Yeah, speak, speak I mean. Yeah, right. Yes. Panhandle, uh, whatever. We'll take money for beer, kind of deal, you know that one. <laughs> will work, and everything's in threes here. You've got the uh, he's, yeah, he's, three so years he, with the Yankees. Re- replaces his car every three years, changes his oil every three years, and he's course. getting a divorce from his wife. No, he's not just three years. That's not true. That's not no. true. You know, no. Virgin Atlantic is uh, they uh, talking about uh, recently deciding to locate their uh, U.S. headquarters in New York. Really? Virgin Atlantic is a really incredibly cool airline. Yeah. Uh, uh, Richard uh, Branson. Anything he does is pretty cool. Yeah, he's also done an alliance with uh, Scaled Composites, uh, which is the, the, the guys who put the uh, spaceship in, up in space there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. won the X Prize. Mm-hmm. And um, that's with uh, Bert Rutan, uh, and, and they're doing a development. I mean, they're selling tickets now to space, basically. And that's really cool. Um, and they've got what a hundred and some odd people that have signed up already. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's not it's more than five or ten. I don't remember the exact number, but it's a sizable number. I think it's a couple hundred thousand to go, or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit less. I don't and know. And they have a few hundred people that have already signed up. Wow. Then that's yeah. uh, that's first class too. Uh, hello, Ray. Uh, we just tried your American Express, and it was rejected. <laughs> but we do have your reservation still. If you'd like to check back with us, we'll no, take no. a check. No, American Cashier's Express check. will be calling. American Express will be calling. <laughs> Sir, we see that your uh, your monthly uh, charge is a little bit higher than it normally is here. Actually, fact, Carl it, Malden's going to deliver your bill directly to you personally. That's scary because the man's dead. Oh, uh, that's not good. So, no, the, the scale nose com- is still here. I'm sure it is. The, <laughs> the, no, the nose. The scaled composites thing is good. Virgin Atlantic is cool. The Snapple stuff that we talked about. The Country yeah. Music Awards, New York City for the first time ever. Who would have ever thought? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was kind of weird, part. though, actually. Well, you know, a lot of the country artists, they like New York, they say. They like to play there, and they have a following. I mean, sure. they can sell They can sell in New York. So, uh, you know, I mean, what do you have? 15 million people there you can draw, I would imagine, huh? Yeah, probably so. Hey, let's yeah. uh, let's uh, bring in uh, Joe Jaffe here. This guy has definitely not a New York accent, as we talk about many times, uh, but it has a lot of great ideas. So let's uh, let's check it out right now on the Advertising Show. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective. Featuring author and new marketing consultant, Joseph Jaffe. The folks over at Chevy decided to do something different. They decided to dabble in the whole consumer-generated content space. And so what they did uh, as a disjointed and not very integrated tie-in to their apprentice sponsorship, they invited their consumers to essentially do their jobs for them, to create ads. There were very rigid 
and controlled rules and regulations about exactly how a consumer could go about creating this 30-second spot. The result was a very controlled output. Controlled input, controlled output. What essentially happened was only the spots that were ready down the middle were essentially approved by the folks over at Chevy, and everything else was rejected, or at least not even rejected, but just no response whatsoever. I know because I created uh, my own version of what I called an anti-ad, um, showing the various hyperbole and, and exaggerations in the typical 30-second spot. But mine was just playful banter. What really came back to bite Chevy was the fact that a bunch of anti-SUV groups got together and really created a series of scathing commercials, which they then captured themselves and made sure that everybody could, could share them and view them on sites like YouTube. And in the end, the amount of negative publicity that came out of this particular campaign horribly overshadowed any of the positive buzz that might have been hoped for in the first place. This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 32nd Spot. You're on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Joe Perillo, a different Joe, will be back with us here uh, momentarily. Uh, for a couple of segments this hour number two. Joe Perillo is the CMO of New York City. Jaffe's always good. Got some good stuff uh, every week for us. Um, we're in for good, clean fun here on the advertising mm-hmm. show. Always have right. been. The first new mm-hmm. uh, ad campaign for Tide in nearly five years is trying to put some of the emotion back into getting the dirt out. Well, that's what it needs. Wow. Uh, the direction of the top-selling uh, laundry brand's new campaign, consistent with the uh, broader uh, effort by P&G, uh, to move ads for its household brands away from traditional product demonstration messages. You know how they show it, it, it cleans better and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah. The uh, the New Tide uh, work uh, plays on the women's love for clothes, music, and fun uh, with uh, fun, upbeat ads and doesn't once show women in the laundry room. Well, you kind of got to be there to use this stuff, but that's the well, way it goes. I like to just take mine out back and beat it on a rock just to get in touch with nature and remember how the other people used to do it. And now everybody knows that you're Amish. That's good. <laughs> well, my five wives don't call me Amish. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call you, Charlie? They call uh, me honey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. what do you have there? Well, I was going to mention, you know, uh, how long ago was it we had, uh, uh, what was her name, uh, Kaplan Thaler? But Linda. We, I don't, Linda, Linda, yes. Kaplan Thaler. Yeah, and we always Thaler. thought when we said Kaplan Thaler that we had a lisp, but yes. it really is Thaler. Thaler. And I've always wanted to meet Mr. Kaplan Thaler, but in any event, uh, apparently uh, Aflac plans to launch, you'll be happy to hear this, Ray, a national radio campaign just uh, this coming week, uh, next week, with two 30-second spots targeting small business owners. Now, naturally, Ray, you're going to think, how are we going to get the Aflac duck to do some t- some radio, right? I mean, that'd be natural, sure. right? Yeah, right, exactly. Well, they're not doing that, and I, I don't understand this. Oh, really? uh, apparently, apparently they're, they're creating a feature that has to do with uh, some little ant that they're calling, uh, they're using for the radio, and they're targeting small business. But no duck, no Aflac duck. I think that's a mistake. That's you? really kind of strange. Yeah, that's yeah. Godfrey, and what's his name? Uh, can't think of the guy's name. Oh, yeah, uh, Godfrey the uh, comedian, yes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I guess he'll be looking for new work as well. Uh, we have more. We still got the TV, though. Oh, he does? Well, that's good. Yes. Yeah. He's more. Uh, we have uh, more on the advertising show, and uh, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and our special guest, Joe Perillo. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. 
Mm. I love the sound of the rain. Mm. And I love the taste of your fresh fruit coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh fruit. It's new Treka. Like we said. Talk about a slogan that's been around for a long time. The Battery People. On the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Joe Perilla out of New York, the CMO of uh, New York City. What a, a fun job that sounds like. And I'm sure Joe has uh, done a lot of great things over the past year. What did you say, three years? Is that what it is, Joe? Yes. Okay. You know, you've got something. Uh, there's a thing called Made in, in New York Incentive Program, uh, marketing incentives to supplement city and uh, state uh, tax incentives for feature films and such. Uh, here in our home market of Houston, we have... Uh, and I, it's not a similar program, but it's something to attract uh, creative and to attract projects. It's called Only in Houston, and you may have seen it uh, advertised. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was an ad, uh, advertising age, Brad. But uh, it's it's great. You guys are doing a great job with keeping up the uh, the high PR value of the city. Good job, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, film production is very important, and the more we can do for them, the better. Yeah, as promised last hour, we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about uh, the New York Yankees and your gig uh, with the Yankees. As Ray mentioned last hour in reading your full bio, you didn't pay enough to get it read full uh, the second hour. So we're going to do an abbreviated version of that. But uh, Ray mentioned that you were vice president of business development of the New York Yankees. And I guess on a serious note here, Joe, uh, does that make does that mean George Costanza, when he was portray- portraying his job, yeah, with the New York Yankees on Seinfeld. Was that you was, that he was? I was Mr. Wilhelm. Oh, you were Wilhelm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, I assume you know the guy that uh, was crawling underneath his desk and behaving like George, I, I would imagine. Uh, well, but we're I not going to. pictures of him in my office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, a few. There's uh, the negatives, okay? <laughs> back in April of last year, and I got to be, uh, you know, kind of uh, politically correct here, we had Mike D., uh, COO of the Boston Red Sox, on in April of 05. He wanted me to bring up the fact that he appeared before a former uh, Yankee on our show. But in any event, You've heard of that uh, team, haven't you, Joe? I have, okay. yes, and Mike D's a great guy. Yeah, well, he is a good guy, and he was a great interview, as you are as well. So uh, how was your gig in, uh, with the Yankees, and how many years were you working for the Yankees? I was there for almost three years. It was a fantastic time. I learned a lot. I was there uh, while the Yankees were on a tear, and uh, they won three World Series while I was there. And uh, we had we had I had a terrific opportunity to work for George Steinbrenner and uh, his family, and uh, George really wanted to bring a or the boss as I called him, uh, quite literally, really wanted to bring a corporate approach to the team. And you know, for 20 years it was managed like a like a family business, and I really brought a uh, corporate approach to running that. And for the first time in my life, actually installed bureaucracy instead of uh, bringing it down because that's exactly what the team needed and uh, we had a great run I mean we, we, we had a great product obviously to, to sell and we broke 3 million tickets for the first time ever uh, at Yankee Stadium and uh, you know, we really started treating sponsors like family members and they appreciated it and it wasn't very hard it wasn't very long until we doubled uh, the sponsorship revenue of the team um, it was a really great ride and uh, one that I'll never forget. So the you know, question the question is, uh, real quick here, Brad, uh, did huh? Steinbrenner give you the steroid shots or did you do them yourselves? <laughs> well, if there were some steroid <laughs> shots for brains, I'm sure, I'm sure he would have made everyone take them because it was a flat organization there. It was basically everyone else and then George above them. 
Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, most of us outsiders have our own perception of George Steinbrenner. You working and reporting directly to George for uh, the three years you worked for the Yankees. And I guess, Ray, three is his number. He works three years and he goes on. But, I was, uh, I was picking on him up on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, Can't uh, run for president because he'd have to stay for four. That would be four years, yes. That's true. We could arrange that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what would our yeah? What would our audience be most surprised to learn about George Steinbrenner from your standpoint, knowing him as you do? Uh, you know, I don't think they'd be. Su- well, first, I think they they might be surprised at how generous he is, uh, because I'm not sure he comes off that way. Because he he's very sensitive about talking about all the things that he does, and I guess that's a it's kind of a very Catholic thing. Um, I don't even know if George is Catholic, but I am, and I know that you know you don't talk about it. You just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- there's a secret to getting by with George, and the secret is, no matter what you think he's going to do, you you only have one thing to do, and that's the right thing. And the reason is 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 George is gonna he's a passionate man. He's gonna get angry with you, no matter what you do. If you walk into his office with a briefcase full of a million dollars, he's going to bitch and whine and complain because they were 20s and not 100s. So it doesn't matter what you do. He's going to kick your ass. And it, once you realize that, there, it's easy. Because all you have to do is what's right. And you're, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get it. If, if it's your day that day, he's going to start firing at you. So Thank it you doesn't for really matter. You well, you know, right. I... On a positive note, before we will leave one uh, last question for the Yankees and go back to New York City. When you were with the Yankees, I understand uh, the Yankees ended tobacco sponsorships. Was that your idea, Joe? It was. That was the first thing I did uh, when I got there. It didn't seem like a really hard decision, and yeah. uh, and uh, I didn't get any flack for it. Yeah, how long did it take your legs to heal after that? <laughs> Hey Steinbrenner, yeah. Steinbrenner, Brad uh, used to keep his when he was in Cleveland, kept his yacht at the end of the street where uh, Kathy, my wife, uh, lived in Rocky River. Has a nice boat. I think he what? left it in Lake Erie, though. Now, when you say at the end of the street, I hope if it was a yacht, it was in the water. It, it wasn't was in the water. Trailer, the water was yeah. at the end of the street. Yes. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, you know, uh, I guess uh, certainly never a dull moment with uh, George Steinbrenner and a great front man for uh, the Yankees and. Uh, Great publicity uh, machine, I know. Uh, very quickly, I guess, what do we have, Ray? About a minute left here? Oh, a couple minutes at least. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, I understand that uh, San Diego has deals with Pepsi-Cola, Verizon, GM. City of Skokie, Illinois has a, a visa tie-in. And, and, and so why, I'm curious, is such the big controversy over the branding of New York City when it comes into tying in with various uh, products and so forth. I always thought New York, New Yorkers in particular were more progressive thinkers than the rest of us. So, so what's the big deal? Well, I think you, you, know, you, you nailed it on the head. I think the, 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 this was a largely misperceived office. And I think, you know, if, if someone was going to say, well, Joe, what would you do if you were to do over again? I'd, I'd basically do everything I did. I'd still do the Snapple deal. I'd obviously, I'd obviously change the terms a little bit so that uh, we didn't have to take such risks, but I would do one thing differently, and that is I would have communicated this office to the general public in a much different way. And that's no one's fault, because this has never been done before, and we really had no idea what the reaction was going to be, and we went into this saying, we're going to be very thoughtful about what we do, and we're going to do deals like the History Channel and like, like King Kong, and we're going to do deals that make a difference in New York City. 
Um, and that was our thinking. And I and I'm I'm guessing that we didn't explain that clear enough because as soon as they announced the position of chief marketing officer, everyone went right to naming rights. Hmm. Um, and and that was just an assumption, despite the fact that we really went out of our way to say we were never going to do that. And we haven't. And so I think I think the invasion of commercialism is a fear that. Um, a lot of New Yorkers and just regular folks who care about, you know, who makes decisions for them, had and the the, the office and the and the and the, and the role, uh, we didn't do a good enough job communicating that. Not, you know what? That happens. It didn't really matter. To the end, we still accomplished what we wanted to do, and uh, and they are fantastic accomplishments. And now the city has. Four new disciplines that will live on, and and, and essentially we, we succeeded in institutionalizing marketing in the government, which is a very very difficult thing to do. If, if anyone out there has ever worked for the government, it's hard to change. We've got uh, Joe Perillo, our special guest, CMO of New York City, and it's a good thing we've got another segment to spend with Joe here with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. It's the story of a man named Ronald, and uh, his last name is McReagan. You probably heard he was president once, too, as well. And that's the Wacky World of Marketing, and it's coming up next here at the advertising show, theadvertisingshow.com. Go visit the website when you get a chance, too. Back with more in just a minute. And now, it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our Wacky Update heads to Northport, Alabama, where customers will get more than a burger and fries at the Northport McDonald's where President Reagan chomped down on a Big Mac during a 1984 stop. They'll get to see a bronze bust of the former president inside a case with a halogen light shining on it 24 hours a day. Along with a plaque, there's a framed photo showing Reagan biting down on his Big Mac. We just felt like we wanted to put something back to carry on that remembrance, says the new owner of the fast food restaurant. The president's stop at the McDonald's on October 15, 1984, followed a speech at the University of Alabama. With news media on hand, he ordered a Big Mac, large fries, and sweet tea, and sat down to eat with locals. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Can you say discrimination? Uh, on the advertising show, Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth. Uh, Joe Perillo is our special guest for one more segment out of New York uh, this weekend, New York City. He is the CMO of New York City. Joe, welcome back to the advertising show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and for anybody uh, thinking about getting in the advertising uh, business, uh, take a chapter out of Joe's book. Three years with the Yankees, three years uh, CMO of New York City. Uh, his next gig, well, let's just say this. It's not going to be boring. And, uh, by the way, I guess since you're going to be leaving uh, Actually, the position. Actually, going to the Vatican, he said us. Something like that's that. That's true. Right? Well, no, Opie yeah. and that other guy already did that. I but that was a local church. I'm sure well, she that's would, true. Yes. You know, uh, 
Just for the record, uh, what was I going to say there? Well, who knows what I was going to say. Uh, so we'll just jump right back here in the questions. You know, Hollywood, Joe, has its walk of fame with their stars and so forth. I've always wondered why New York City has not had some similar uh, idea, especially with maybe a, a Broadway stage actor type of uh, approach to promoting uh, uh, Broadway actors and the celebrities and so forth as, as uh, Hollywood has. I think it's a good question. I, you know, I, first, I think you know the whole island of Manhattan is uh, is kind of a walk of fame. I mean, there's so many different places to see in terms of what movie was shot there, and it's mm-hmm. so interesting. You know, when you know when you come to New York City and people that have never been there before, all the research that we've done, you know, they the, the, the theme that recurs up up again is is that you know somehow they they feel like they've been there before because they've seen it on TV. Um, and New York City just has that sort of intangible energy. But as far as the Walk of Fame goes, you know, the, since we're on the advertising show, the, the advertising ad week uh, that we started two years ago uh, has an advertising Walk of Fame on Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually started by the late uh, Ken Case, who, uh, who recently passed away. Right. He was a wonderful guy. So, yeah, he started the whole advertising walk of fame. That's cool. Yeah, and, and for, for those that may not be familiar, each year uh, the New York uh, ad industry comes out and trying to take a chapter out of the fashion industry with the Fashion Week uh, does a great job the last few years in promoting the uh, advertising business in New York City. Uh, I think it's in the fall every year. Uh, is that correct, Every September. Joe? Yeah, September. You know, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, a well-known uh, a slogan, I think uh, everybody knows this. Back in 1970, the state of New York decided to promote tourism, and uh, of course, that was at a time to help offset the recession that the uh, whole U.S. was involved in. Uh, with th- who was the uh, person helping us with that? I think it was Mr. Nixon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any event, uh, Wells Rich Green. Uh, one time recently, Ray, I say recently, a few years ago, we had Jane Moss, creative director of. Uh, Wells on the show, and she actually is the person attributed with creating the I Love New York slogan. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of people would, would probably assume that you're still using this slogan, and maybe it was a part of your publicity and branding effort that you're doing today. How much of a, a role is the old I Love New York uh, slogan involved in what you've been doing the last three years, Joe? Um, it's, that's a good question. You know, the I Love New York campaign was started um, by the governor of New York State at the time, who I believe was Rockefeller, um, but I could be wrong. It could have been Cuomo, um, and it was started really to get people to think of the idea of New York, not just of New York City, but of mm-hmm. New York State. And the campaign started out as uh, Niagara Falls, uh, beaches, forests, mountains, uh, and and nature and to associate all of those images that had never been associated with the words New York. Um, and then only later really did it in, include Broadway and, and the city. And I think there were two reasons. One of them you, you really nailed on, which was the, the economy was in a recession. But the other was this crime was extraordinarily high mm-hmm. in New York City, probably its peak. I mean, Howard Cosell was on you know, Monday Night Football saying the Bronx was burning. Um, I mean, this was a bad time for New York City. It had just recovered from from the famous bankruptcy when, or, or almost bankruptcy, when Ford told us to go drop dead. And, I mean, it was a really tough time in New York City. And the state really needed to do something to protect themselves because 
tourism is a big industry in the New York State. And uh, and they really created that campaign to sort of differentiate themselves from New York, which at that time was not doing well. Um, and it is a state-run organization. Hmm. And as you know, uh, cities and states often are aligned in what they're doing and often not. In this case, we're very much aligned, and we very much use the I Love New York campaign when it's appropriate and the I Love New York icon. Um, after 9-11, you know, the icon took on a whole new meaning. Yeah. And it really tapped into what I think is the core insight into New York City, into New Yorkers, and that's hard. You know, that was very insightful because I think most outsiders uh, assume the I Love New York is a city uh, slogan, and certainly I think a lot a lot of people relate that uh, statement on a personal level to their experience of New York City, not the state. But uh, that's, that's very interesting that yeah. you say that. I'm curious, you know, I assume that uh, you had a role in, uh, campaigning for the 2012 Olympics, and I'm curious, uh, Joe, I would think it was a huge loss from the city's collective ego standpoint to not have uh, not have won that uh, 2012 Olympics. Let's see if we can wrap this up in less than 30 seconds. Go, Joe. I think not trying would have been a bigger loss. Yeah. And I think, you know, New York is an idea that people somehow have a hard time getting a handle on. And the one thing that you can say about New Yorkers is they're bold and they're not afraid to do big things. And trying to get the Olympics was a big, big, big idea. And were we upset that we didn't get it? Yes. But it would have been a bigger defeat if we didn't try. Joe, uh, on that note, we say uh, congratulations and job well done. And thanks for being a part of the advertising show this weekend. It's been Thank you guys for having me. It's been great. On the Our advertising pleasure. show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And we'll have more for you in just a moment. So stay with us. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Well, hello, boy. Now, what do you say? Let's make with the popcorn right away. Too much trouble and bother. Yes, indeed. No, yep, man, popcorn and a Rheingold. Perfect. Oh, that's good. That. With lots of butter and salt that make you feel good. With the, the beer. The Advertising Show, Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth. Thanks again to, uh, to Joe for being with us today. Who do we have next week? Let me look at the ad here. Hold I on. wonder, I wonder who. I wonder if it's a man. Yes, I it is. I wonder who. It's Wonderman. Yes, it is. David Sable, who is the COO at uh, Wonderman. And uh, David will be with us next week on The Advertising yeah. Show. Chief Operating Officer David Sable. They named a mink after him. Yeah, they did. Or David Spade. Couldn't get Spade, so we got Sable. That's true. He's This guy's sharp. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our visit next week with David. And uh, Wonderman, what a great company, Ray. No trick you questions, a, huh? No. Well, we'll see. Uh, are, you a, are you a horse racing fan? Uh, What's well, funny, We grew. I grew up around horse races. Yeah. I grew so, around... I grew up around what comes out of horses. Yes, that too, that too. Yeah, no, I like the, uh, what is it, the trotters, the ones that, uh, um, I, I can't, I don't know what it's called. You know, We call them high-stepping the, stallions. They the sulky or something like that. <clears throat> Mudders. Whatever it is. Yeah, uh, well, I grew you up know, that, yeah. the Derby, you know, just last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, you and I have a dear friend, uh, 
Mike Cresham, who uh, old radio guy that's now in Florida, I believe, and uh, yes, in Miami. he's he's originally from Louisville, and I spoke to him last week, and he was at the Derby. He attends that regularly. It's like a if you're from there, he and his wife, you 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 do you these go things, there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and apparently uh, betting for the Derby was way up this year, record 118 million according to wow. uh, Blood horse.com but the ratings for the race itself ray were down according to nielsen's overnights nbc's coverage of saturday's race averaged an 8.9 household rating and a 20 share which is about 11 percent lower than last year and you know it's quite an event there and i think it's one of those deals where i don't know about you but uh, a lot of some events just have to be experienced as opposed to watched Exactly. Unless you're just a major horse freak, you know, well, something you know, curling, you need to be there. No, you don't. Probably uh, not. Uh, <laughs> no, that it is a big deal in Louisville, and uh, I wonder how much Mike won. I guess we'll, well have to ask him. Did he say? Uh, let me put it this way: the person that was sitting back with him on the plane, yeah, they asked him if he wouldn't mind just wearing this jacket. <laughs> okay, because he okay. didn't have a shirt. I see. Okay, that, but that, his nipples that were be. very uh, pert. Were they? <laughs> Glad you noticed. <laughs> well, it was cool on that flight. That's funny. That's funny. Anyway, no, I didn't notice. But, uh, yeah, I think yeah, curling is an example of something that needs to be uh, seen in person. You can watch that on TV all day long during the Olympics. You can do that or either open your refrigerator door. I think and you and that. I, you know, you and I like the two-man bobsled. Uh, yeah. Just to <laughs> see two guys laying on top of one another and both married. And you remember, and do it when, legally. The, remember when the guys from the, uh, from the Today Show did Today Show, yeah. That was I funny. Think, <laughs> I think it was, uh, was it, no, it was Lauer on the bottom and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Roker on top. Roker on top. <laughs> and if, you know. And Matt was going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Matt all, went all up. All the way a down this bobsled. Matt went up a couple octaves, and as I recall, I never have recalled seeing uh, Roker with that big of a smile on his face. He threw some hair on his head, too. <laughs> advertising clutter, non-programming minutes per hour. They're calling it advertising clutter. What a shame thing oh, to wow. call it. Uh, MediaWeek.com is calling it this. Uh, in prime time on broadcast networks in 05 increased by only 2%. Well, that's good. Well, it jumped 5% on the cable network side, according to... Uh, the media agency Mindshare's annual study on the topic. Uh, hmm. So they say, well, the percentage of increase do not seem to be that high. The Mindshare uh, research director said the results are disturbing because more consumers are believing that TV has the most commercial clutter, even though the medium ranks behind print and online. On the uh, on the broadcast side, ABC running the most non-commercial minutes uh, in 2005, 15 minutes and 26 seconds per hour. Other networks uh, over the 15-minute mark included the WB, 1510, NBC, 1501, Fox, 15. CBS uh, was up about 37 seconds per hour, but still under 15 minutes and an average of 1452. UPN, uh, 1426 as well. Who's counting? Yeah, well, I know Apparently mind share. Well, I, I do too. And, of course, if you ever, rec- you know, TiVo or, or digitally record DVR, whatever, mm-hmm. who watches, uh, you know, I zip right through them and I should be watching this stuff for the show, shouldn't you? Oh, I, I really kind of like the commercials. <laughs> well, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> as long as yeah. it's not too long of a stop set, right? Hey, you know, Ray, remember when we were young uh, kids and we just went out after school or on the weekends and played sports and you just did it? Sure. Yeah, and today, you know, it's such an organized thing, and mom and dad have to, you know, take you around and so forth. This is an interesting little quick uh, tidbit here. Disney-owned ESPN is planning a new magazine starting uh, 
this summer, uh, and it's and it's all targeting the soccer moms and dads, according to a story in this week's Sports Business Journal. And it's interesting because they're gonna they're gonna be targeting a market which they claim is some 50 million kids in the country that participate in organized sports. So it's a pretty good idea. Very good, very good idea. Back yeah. with uh, more of the advertising show in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. the advertising show Ray Shillings Brad Forsyth thanks again to our guest uh, Joe Perillo CMO of New York City go to the website and check it out and see all the great things that are happening there uh, boy what a tough time that city had uh, recovering um, from uh, 9-11 but boy did mm-hmm. they do a good job at it as well yep. David Sables our guest next week COO of Wonderman and uh, we'll have him on. Uh, tell your friends about the advertising show, too, as well. The advertisingshow.com is a great destination, not only uh, throughout the weekend when we run the show, but uh, throughout the week because you can subscribe to the uh, podcast, the RSS feeds, and uh, get the uh, information and share it with, uh, you know, friends, family, uh, you know, business acquaintances, whatever, at the advertising show. Dot com. It's a great resource, and as Brad was saying earlier, uh, getting more and more and more of those interviews available for uh, for you to share, uh, going back to uh, to 2001 as well. So mm-hmm. we uh, we've been talking about Joe Biden and milkshakes, and I know you've been waiting for this. So why don't we get it over with? No, let's let's listen to Andy Borowitz now. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for the Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. Senator Joseph Biden's road to the White House became a little bit bumpy this past week as the Delaware Democrat admitted copying significant chunks of his standard stump speech on the young adult novel, How Opal Meta Got Kissed, Got Wild, and Got a Life. Mr. Biden made the admission after several prominent bloggers noted the similarities between over 40 passages in that book. At a campaign stop in New Hampshire, Senator Biden acknowledged that his stump speech was influenced by the book and called the similarities between passages an honest mistake. One of the books that I've been reading while on the campaign trail is how Opal Meta got kissed, got wild, and got a life, Mr. Biden said, and I guess that in my mind I got confused about what sections of my speech were written by me and which were written for the book or whoever actually wrote them. But Mr. Biden's plagiarism woes were far from over. As critics pointed out, Mr. Biden's signature campaign slogan, My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard, is strikingly similar to the lyric of a 2004 song by the pop star Kellis. Still, Mr. Biden was unrepentant. Similarities aside, I stand by my statement. My milkshake does, in fact, bring all the boys to the yard. Elsewhere, Senator Ted Kennedy proposed a bill this past week which would provide free towing for all members of the Kennedy clan, tentatively called No Car Left Behind. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. Yep, Andy's a New York City kind of a guy, and... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, does he's always out and about uh, doing stuff as well? He's got the uh, 
Oh, gosh. A lot of it, appearances off-Broadway in the comedy clubs and such. Comedian, yeah. yeah. You still so seeing him on CNN? Guy. No. No? <laughs> Maybe you'll show up on Fox one day. That is yeah. one morning show that I can't listen to. I have a hard What's time. What's Fox? Fox. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. Well, tough. you know, it, everybody has to... Uh, have their thing. You know, we started with uh, a rumor about Star Jones yeah. and potential of her leaving The View because of Rosie, mm-hmm. which would be interesting but wouldn't be surprising. We're going to end. I, I'm going to end on another little bit of uh, a rumor. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you didn't hear this, Ray, uh, earlier this week, Howard Stern says that he's been offered a major deal to come back to regular radio. Uh, and, uh, you know, just like his longtime enemies, Opie and Anthony, have been uh, now coming back as well. And apparently, mm-hmm. if an offer was actually made to Stern, it's most likely uh, coming from Citadel Broadcasting, which is in the process of acquiring Disney ABC's radio division, including stations in New York City at WABC, WPLJ, as well as WEPN. Uh, and apparently, Those are huge stations. they are. WPLJ, of course, is a, a monster of a, a rocker that uh, has a great heritage. But uh, what's interesting is they're thinking that uh, if Sirius is willing to allow uh, exclusive services to be, you know, shared with uh, commercial radio that that would be kind of what we would call a reverse licensing and you know share a little bit of that 500 million that they're uh, that they're paying Stern for the exclusive uh, use of him for uh, Sirius so it could get could get them out of a pinch uh, because of uh, uh, the hefty amount of uh, payment that is going to Stern. You reported last week about some losses that they took in a quarterly. Because they uh, had to pay the man off. Yeah, I found out that that had to do with, it's still money, it had to do with uh, paying off in uh, stock, but still right. there's value there, and, sure there and you're right. It, it, so it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if uh, Stern, and it'll be Stern's ego, because it's not money, if Stern's ego decides to go back to commercial radio because nobody's hearing him over on satellite. How about that? Comparatively speaking to what he used to have as far as a following. But who would have thought that they would have immediately gotten a return on their investment there? I don't understand why they would have even thought that. If you did the numbers, uh, it wouldn't have taken a whole bunch of his original audience. It's a small percentage. It's more than what he's been able to do. But if he could command some small percentage of his overall audience to sign up for subscriptions to uh, Sirius, mm-hmm. he would have paid back that money. But uh, he hasn't been able to bring people over. How interesting. Stern, yeah. Uh, once again, he's made, if this is the uh, kind of the end of his run, he's done a good job of maximizing his uh, his brand. Um, Publicity, yeah. He's yeah, done a good job very at good that. Job. Speaking yeah. of brands, singular uh, going away at the end of the year. Really? Uh, yeah, AT and T expecting to drop the Singular brand when the merger uh, with Bell South is complete. This hmm. is sometime before the end of the year, so there'll be a name out there. It won't be used anymore. And uh, if you want the name Singular, <laughs> can you buy it? Uh, you know, Singular dot com and all that. No, they'll just point that to, to the other to the new company's name. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you could do with that as far as buying it. I suppose you could. You spell hmm. it differently. That's right. Right. Something like that. Singular. So Singular is gone. We, of course, are are big Verizon fans. Yeah. We are by default, basically. Before I forget, real quickly, I saw a spot the other day. M&M's now has a giant M&M. Have you seen this? Yes, unfortunately, I've had a few as well. I I mean, how big are they? Quarters? Well, they're not that big. No, they're bigger than normal, but no, they're not that big. But they're kind of cool, actually. Yeah? And uh, so let's let's go get some after the show. You want to? Supersize me. That's right. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
Look forward to David Sable, COO of uh, Wonderman, uh, next week on The Advertising Show. Go to theadvertisingshow.com to find out more about that as well, too. With Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Hope you had a good time and enjoyed the show today. Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit them online at adage.com. So we'll see you next week, all right? The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. <laughs>